this time on episode 478 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 2023 Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion, episode 5, Harvest, and weekly Marvel news, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, setting its Disney Plus premiere date, and the new Marvel's trailer. This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG After Strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the material being covered here wouldn't exist. I'm Willie D. Nelson from All Things Good and Nerdy, a pop culture podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other tantalizingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP, with Puppy Cooper at my feet. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Saturday, July 22nd, 2023, during the 2023 San Diego Comic-Con, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast saber-wide. Come join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we love talking about Marvel. Because cake or death. If you like to talk to us about cake or death or both at the same time, you should check out our website at legendsshield.com and see which one of the network members might be the most likely to go along with your side of things. You can tell us if you want cake or death by leaving us a voicemail on 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you're still on Facebook, you can post your pictures of cake, but not death because that goes against their content policies. But make sure to tag us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. If Twitter still exists, you can find us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter probably doesn't exist anymore, though. It So instead, let's all move over to YouTube and you can tag us at Gunna Geek and show us some of your favorite cake recipes and how the decorations turned out at the end. Come on over to our Discord server where you can talk about cake, death and the source of the phrase, which is Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill special over on the Discord server at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord. And don't forget that Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network, where every member is a fan of cake and or death. I like cake, and if you checked out the latest Gunna Geek show, you'll see my new method of preparing cake at the end. Mmm, yummy cake. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go over to the GunnaGeek.com site and see, I believe it's episode 403, 
And at the very end, I talk about cake. So there is that. You might notice if you're a longtime listener or fan of this show, we are down an agent. Agent Lauren will no longer be able, as long as the SAG strike continues per SAG directions, to participate in this podcast. The rest of us are okay unless we suddenly decide that we want to be future members of SAG. So we will still continue to review the Marvel properties as they come out, the live action properties, and we might make a few changes in the off weeks going forward so Lauren can come back and join us. So I just want to make that clear to everybody what's going on, and she wanted to be here today, but she could not. So with that, how's your weeks going? Okay. It was my anniversary on Wednesday, so that part's good. Woohoo! Did you do something special? We're actually going to be doing most of our special things tomorrow because Wednesday is a horrible day for your anniversary to be. It is, unless you take the like that day and the next day off. Which we definitely didn't. Okay. All right. Well, lots of fun stuff happening. It's the middle of summer, so enjoy it while you got it, because it will be cold soon. In the meantime, scrolls like it cold. So we're going to talk about some scrolls here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Secret Invasion Episode 5 Harvest, which is the penultimate episode in this special series, premiered on Disney Plus July 19th, 2023. Michelle, you've been really hammering it home with these IMDb descriptions with this series. What do we got this week? Harvest. Fury gathers his allies. Gravik deals with unrest. Fury gathers his... Fury doesn't have many allies. He has one, and he makes a phone call at the end. So there's some confusion on that, whether he called Gravik to basically say, let's do this, or he called somebody else. I was going to wait till later, but let's talk about it right now. Who do you think Fury called at the end, Chris? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Michelle, who do you think? I think he called Gravik because he did grab the harvest at the end. I think his allies are Sonia. Priscilla is still an ally. Gaia is still an ally. In a way, they've come to his side and they're, he's gathered them because he does kind of get on. I don't want to say he lectures Gaia, but in a way he lectures Gaia and guilts her into basically getting on her butt, getting off her butt and doing something. And she ends up doing something which we'll talk later about. I think he called Gravik so we can have that man to man. Mono e mono. Yeah. <laughs> Standoff. Like the good, the bad, and the The movie's called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I'm not saying that the scrolls are ugly, but the movie there's a movie called The Good and the Bad, the Ugly, and there's that standoff between three people at the end, and they're all looking at each other and who's gonna shoot first. It's a good movie. I recommend it. Right now, I have 12% of possibility that it could be Maria Hill still, but I'm still banking on her being dead. But I'm thinking, eh, there's some small little 
teeny bitsy possibility since Gaia came back. Talos is dead, though, so I don't know. <sighs> well, let's continue on here. Let's talk about our first impressions. Chris, what did you think of the episode? Where has this been the entire time? If this is what we had had, episodes one through three, I think I would have been a little more invested in the series. What what do, what am I hearing? Am I hearing Michelle's validation of the Marvel Disney Plus series pattern? Because we finally get a decent episode, and Chris just said we finally got a de- decent episode, and it's episode five. I think this definitely, if you have not watched it yet, definitely wait and binge the whole thing all at once. I think it would be very beneficial for that. All right. Michelle, what do you want to start talking? I want to talk about Sonia. I'm so glad Olivia Coleman's back. I'm not really too sure how she puts into the plot. I mean, she does end up finding that Dr. Dalton and learning everything, which conveniently was off screen and then she torches and that's where she gets the whole cake or death. I could be your bestie. I could not be your bestie, basically cake or death. And in the show notes, I do have a link to the source. The clip is about seven minutes long. Eddie Izzard, who's also going by um, Susie. She is an amazing comic. One of the few people on this earth who could actually make me laugh. Perhaps you've heard of her, you know, do you have a flag? routine or perhaps the star wars cantina bit if you're a star wars fan look up eddie Izzard's star wars cantina you will laugh i was just so glad that she came back she added this spark this grim levity to it i mean she's very threatening and i loved her expression uh, about Rhodey being a scroll again, we are so shocked about that. And she's just like, well, gosh, who isn't one? Just the complete British deadpan delivery of everything that she's said here. It, it's really making me fall in love with the character. And I mean, I love that kind of humor anyway. And so this is just really feeding into it for me. And completely believable from her, too. Like, she doesn't seem like she necessarily wants to go out and shoot people and everything. But, you know, she's going to do it. She's going to do what she's got to do because the end goal is more important than how she gets there. She shot two people in this episode. That was well, awesome. they shouldn't have made her. Well, she shot director Weatherby, by the way, who is played by Tony Curran. And if you don't know who Tony is... This is not his first Marvel rodeo. Dude's been in three separate studios in Marvel properties. He played Boar in Thor The Dark World. He played Finn Cooley in Daredevil. We've covered both on this show. He played Priest in Blade 2. And he played the Man in Black agent in X-Men First Class, which I believe we also covered on this show. And then other IMDb, other IPs as he's been in. He played Despero in The Flash, and he was also, I have talked to him, Detectar in Defiance, which I covered on Voices of Defiance. So the dude's been around. 
He goes from property to property, but he's been in Marvel before. And if you take a look at all of his roles, it all makes sense. The dude is basically, you know, good to go as far as you can't be another character in the same universe or whatever. That's fine. He's good here. When you put someone in a good costume under, you know, perhaps makeup and everything, and they can change how they walk, how they talk, then yes, those are the type of actors that are going to get multiple small parts like this. They're called working class actors or character actors, if you will. Those are interchangeable. And it makes sense. I forgot he was in these and also that's sometimes that's also the good mark of an actor is that they you just remember them as these characters you don't remember them as the actor and i'm i'm very sorry tony if you know you you find that to be insulting but i find it to be amazing when i forget this is an actor just like when i watched orphan black i completely forgot that Tatiana Masolani was playing every single clone because she was that good. I just completely forgot. And I thought they were all different actors. I'm only halfway through the first season. I've got the DVDs or the Blu-rays of the first season. I'm like halfway through it. And I have trouble at the end of that first season. That's really the same actor. Wow. She does such a great job. And the costuming and the makeup is great too. It's not all her. But she does portray and act very differently. So if it was like me in a different costume, you could tell it was me. She does such a great job. And Tony here is, I would put him a step above like a working class actor. I would say an A-list class actor because he is really, really good. So Sonia not only shoots Director Weatherby, but shoot, shoots Dr. Dalton, the scroll that's playing the male Dr. Dalton. And the way she does it's just priceless. She's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, here we go. Boom. And the female Dr. Dalton is like freaking out and stuff. The blood on her hand looked purple. So I got a question for you guys. Is the scroll blood red, purple, or green? I'm having a problem here. I'm trying to figure that out too. And it really bothers me that I can't figure it out because either a they're being inconsistent, which just sucks because that's just really a color grading issue. And like anybody can pull up DaVinci resolve and fix that in five seconds or B they're maybe not all scrolls somehow. And that's, not something I think they need to be introducing this late in a six episode series, but it brings up a lot of questions like what color blood did y'all see when Gaia and Priscilla were getting attacked in Priscilla and Fury's house? I can't remember that. And I wonder if it's, if they've been supersized, I mean, we learn the DNA that they have in the show notes. Whenever Gravik kills, I said he grooted someone. And it's true because that's the DNA that they have. 
they actually do have the DNA of the species that Groot is. And Cull Obsidian, just FYI, was one of Thanos' adopted children and a member of the Black Order, has superhuman strength, durability, speed, stamina, and healing factor. Perhaps that DNA changes the blood color because DNA is the instructions for proteins and that could do it. I saw the little screen a couple of times of the DNA that was being cycled through that they had on hand. I remember seeing Groot. I don't remember seeing anything else, but that would make sense. And it would make sense to have some sort of cocktail to have multiple powers in there as well, which Gravik looks like he's got multiple powers. And Gravik showed off all these powers in this fight because his guys started coming after him like, okay, he's nuts. He's crazy. Let's take care of him. And you just can't fight fair with somebody that has multiple superhero powers. Yeah, I thought that the way that they went after Gravik, though, was actually really well done. Having somebody distract him, having people come up from behind him. Yeah, he's probably going to notice everything going on. And if they were going to take him out, it was really going to take that many people. And the plastic bag over the head, that's just always a good choice when you need to take care of somebody. Because for the most part, it seems like every being in the Marvel Universe, unless they're underwater, then if they breathe, they breathe through their head. We made fun of, in Daredevil, the inverse ninja. When it's a one-on-one ninja fight, it's amazing. But when you have a group fight, it's like it just falls apart and it's uncoordinated. They had a plan. They did the plastic bag. One person was to hold. Then they had like hammers and everything. And they were all, you know, going in on this. And then even when uh, Gravik started to fight back, there was still a plan, but they just did not bet on how strong he was. And then of course, at the end, he did that whole alpha. Well, anyone else? Come on, come on, anyone else? And no one else could because they realized that was the best of the operatives and they could not kick his butt. So there's no way me, who's just a regular scroll, kind of doing my own thing, <laughs> can't do anything. So I'm just wondering, guys, I saw the fight and of course Gravik and there was CGI in there and Gravik was taking care of everybody. And I know we've seen these people on screen, but I don't care about them at all. I did not get a chance to get to know them at all. I did not get a chance to understand their motivations maybe that's just me looking at this and not caring but i didn't care about these people so when they get started getting slaughtered i'm like eh, it's just a bunch of bad guys getting slaughtered i have to admit what's brody did he end up taking his name bro no the one who ends up dying who was in the car beto thank you i thought it would have been interesting if we had followed him and sort of through his eyes saw what life was like at the compound. I think if we had even half an episode where he's learning just regular life in the compound and got to know some of these people and 
Because even then, we don't know what life is like at the compound. And I'm sorry, I know they're, they're all being threatened right now, but I don't know them. It's not like I don't care. It's like as an entity, I, they're just there. And yeah, I agree. I barely care about anybody in the show. In the show. <laughs> and some of that is due to you don't know if they're a scroll or not. Like who is a scroll and who is not a scroll? Chris, you figure that one out yet? Well, I have figured out that Beto is probably not Rhodey. Although he maybe could have been Rhodey in the one scene where he said Rhodey said the whiskey was fire. Other than that, best case, they're going to have to get somebody else to be Rhodey now. Or Bodhi is actually not a scroll, and we've been tricked the entire time, which just makes him an asshole. Well, also talking about fights, we had that awesome fight with Priscilla and Gaia that were staving off the assault to their compound, for lack of a better term. And it was just a home, but they had superhero spy backpacks that added uh, acted as bulletproof vests and had a lot of goodies in the backpack as well but the fight i was likening just because i've seen it recently i was likening that fight to john wick style now it wasn't full out john wick style but it did have a lot of john wick elements in it i was like whoa this is awesome for a marvel property i agree the gaia priscilla team up is the one we didn't know would happen but it is the one we needed I love that moment. Priscilla is someone that I have have started to care about because we have been spending time with her. Go figure. That speech she made about why she hasn't left her house. This is my piece of this is my piece of this is my home. This is my piece of happiness. That's what she says. And if I'm going to die, if they're going to send somebody to execute me. I want to die in my own home. I want to die in my happiness. I thought that was beautiful. It was, but then she was forced to leave after they defended off the attackers. But after an amazing fight. Yes, it was. I keep on bringing it up. It was an amazing fight. It was very high end. Now, they did quick cuts, and they weren't acting as fast as like John Wick was. John Wick, there's a lot of real effects, including Keanu Reeves' ability to manipulate weapons like real time, right? And so they couldn't really do that, but they did simulate as much as they could, which I was like, wow. The equivalent in my mind to that scene would have been that one-shot scene that they did with Chloe Bennett in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the one that she broke her wrist in. That was equivalent in my opinion as awesomeness as like fights and i'm not just talking about women fights i mean those fights alone were pretty good like the elevator fight we always talk about the elevator fight when i think of agents of shield i always think about chloe bennett's one-shot fight and i think it's also important too that we learned that fury knew that priscilla was a scroll maybe not when they first met but definitely before he went up into space. That was awesome when he said, we took our honeymoon here because scrolls like the cold. So that opened up a lot of implications, but he was also tipping off to Sonya that he was married to a scroll, which she didn't know. 
don't think anybody knew he was married. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It was a Hawkeye situation. Remember when they went to the farm and then everybody was like, you're married? <laughs> I think Fury knew. Yeah, Fury was like, I got one too. Yeah, that's right. Well, true, but I mean, he there were both agents, so he would have known. True. So we've learned what the harvest is. And whenever I hear the term harvest in people, it's just, it's bad. It's a grading term to me. It's like a lot of people are offended by the term moist. When I think of harvest, I think, you know, soiling green, I think, you know, bad things with people, right? And we find out that the harvest was just after the Battle of Earth. That's what it's called in Endgame, Battle of Earth. After the Battle of Earth, he had his collectors go in, which is scrolls led by Gravik to go in and get blood from everybody because, you know, Fury's thinking of the future and yeah, let's clone these people because we never know if we're going to need them again, or let's use their superpowers because we never know if we're going to need the superpowers again. Totally something Fury would do. It's the very same as I believe it was called project Phoenix back in the original Avengers movie. Same sort of deal. He, he wanted to use the Tesseract for an energy source for weaponry. And now he wanted to do the same thing with people. Fury's a slippery guy. I mean, we all like Samuel L. Jackson, but Fury doesn't exactly have the best motivations all the time or the best actions all the time. He knows this is his fault, which is why he is there, and he wants to take care of it. But he's not bringing his superpowered friends in because he doesn't want them to know that he's stolen their blood. Also, no one knows life. Like I do. Yeah. Excuse me, I need to grab my eyes. They just rolled right out of my head. <laughs> he does have a point about not relying on them for everything. Yeah. You got to take care of yourselves, basically. You never know when they're not going to be available for whatever reason. Like Iron Man in the middle of everything, got stuck on a different planet. Yep. Carol Danvers hardly ever comes back. You, see, you can't depend on these people, so you need to make alternative... She's got the universe to protect. Well, sure. Yeah, she's out in space having fun. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but she's the one that started all this to begin with. No, yeah, the, with the Cree, creeds. the Cree, the creed started it by being, you know, world destroying buttheads. And then Fury and Carol Danvers said, we'll find you a new home. Okay. Well, that part. Yes. That part. Yes. But also Fury was the one that decided to go collect all their blood and have that ready. So. I mean, where do you want to look at the origin point for all of the it that this is that got started? Them being abandoned by the promise. That's one of the things about the episode, The Promise. You broke the promise about finding us a home. Which is also Fury. I say it's all his fault. He's trying to be Batman and have a solution for everything, and he just can't quite pull it off. He looks good in the suit, though. Uh, yes, he does. 
And that shot of him walking away with the camera in the tomb, mausoleum, whatever you want to call it, and him walking away because, you know, cool guys don't look back at the camera or explosions. And him just walking away like that, that was a cool shot. Just from a cinematic appreciation point of view, that was just a great shot. So he said he's got these set up all over the place because dead men have to have options. How many coats do you think he has, or do you think that is the coat? He's probably got, okay, so he has Finland, probably other European countries, couple in Africa. Probably Brazil, Argentina. He's got plenty across the United States. By a couple in Canada, Japan, Korea, Singapore, because why not? Okay, so do you think he's got coats in each one of these? And you, where is the original? There's no, it's no more original. Okay. Now, getting to Finland was kind of fun because he had to board an aircraft. You guys see who the pilot was? Yes, the dude from Black Widow. Yeah, Mason from Black Widow. Yeah, it's very, if you hadn't watched Black Widow or if you're not deep into the MCU like we are, totally would have missed it. It's like, who is this? This guy is talking to Nick Fury like he knows him. Who is, is he's Nick Fury's son? What's going on here? No, it's Rick Mason. And he was able to get the passports and all that type of stuff. So that's Mason. Yeah. So that's how he was able to get into Finland and it was called back to Black Widow. That's the kind of tons of overarching media Easter eggs that I like with this. Like, if you didn't see Black Widow and had no idea what was going on, it didn't really take away from anything, but it made it so much better for us. Yeah, if you didn't see it, that was my point. If you didn't see it make the or make the connection, you're like, who's, who's this guy? He's talking to Nick, like they know each other, but he hasn't been introduced at all in here. So it was like a step, I think, if you hadn't seen everything previously, it was a step too far. And we're getting to that point in the MCU where we talked about this before, like your students, Michelle, where you have to watch, have some background in this in order to get the full impact of everything. And some scenes might not make sense. And that is a scene that would not have made sense if you hadn't seen Black Widow. I mean, I think it would have made sense well enough. It's it's a guy who was flying the pilot. You don't really need to know who he is. It's just somebody who is enough into the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization that he can talk like that to Fury. He can get the stuff. Okay. It's not the first time in the series, though. When Sonya was introduced, she wasn't introduced. It's just this woman in, we thought, MI6, SIS now. But it was just this woman that showed up. And I was like, okay, so is this person in this character in the comics or something no it was introduced in here and we did not have any sonia background so it made the scene when they first met very awkward same here and i think if they're going to do these deep callbacks or if they're going to introduce somebody they're going to have to introduce somebody because i'm having problems keeping up I've been podcasting about this for over 10 years. Yeah. So, Chris, Gravik. We see Gravik. He gets in the fights and everything. 
but he's still hell-bent on world domination. He tells Rhodey to get the president to nuke their location that they're at right there. What's going on with him, man? Um, you mean besides the fact that he's going completely insane? Because, I mean, oh, Gravik is such a weird spot for a character for me. Because I can totally get behind, you promise to help my people. And you haven't, and so I'm just going to make it happen. And I can totally get behind Fury, you're being a butt face. And since you didn't do this like you said you would, you obviously need to get taken care of. What I can't get behind is, hey, look, here's all these innocent people that live in the compound. Let's go start a giant war and kill all of them to get it started. And like, ugh, genocide is bad. Like, full stop there. Don't do that. And getting other people to do it for you is also bad. And doing it yourself is obviously bad. And all these scrolls came to live in New Scrollos because it was a safe spot for them in so many ways. And getting the US president to send planes over there to bomb New Scrollos in the middle of Russia. I mean, hell, just flying the planes into the middle of Russia like that is a horrible idea. And like, I know I'm bringing some real world into that, but they have also established that in the story here, that that is about equally a bad idea as it is here in the real world for us. And so graphic, it's like, I like where you're trying to get, and I hate how you're getting there. I sensed what Gravik's motivation was, but I'm not really understanding him as a villain. The villains that you can understand their motivation and you can understand the decisions they make along the way, those are the really good villains. Gravik's just a class A traditional villain where they gave him maybe a little bit more backstory than you would normally get for somebody like him, but then they just took it off the rails. So I think I know that Disney and Marvel can do better here and they just haven't done it. As far as nuking New Scrollos, they are fine with radiation. So you've just made New Scrollos after the craters cleared their new capital. I mean, you still have the force from the bombs. It's not only the radiation that does that, it's the blowing up of everything else that's there. The shrapnel from the buildings. Giant bomb that lands on somebody is not going to be good. No, it's not going to be good, but what it will do is it will motivate the rest of his population to take over the planet, basically. So it's twofold. He's sacrificing some people in order to do that, but like I said, once they clear out the crater, they'll make it its new capital. But I mean, they could go somewhere else, I guess, but that was my point. But he's killing most of his people. No, he's only killing the people that made it to New Scrollos. There's scrolls all over the place. I suppose, but he's no killmonger. Let's just put it that way. Right. That's what I was saying. His motivations are like, okay, I understand the motivation, but the rest of his decision making is just, whoa, very, very super villainish sort of thing which okay we're in a comic book movie or a comic book show but we can write better today and this was written and done way before the strikes 
this could have been done better. And there's no way you can fix it. Once you, this is the story that's presented. You can't fix it. You can't fix his plans. You can't fix the major things that are happening along the way. So you couldn't even go back into the writer's room and do reshoots and fix this. Talking about graphics motivations. Next week, we'll get the finale. I'm looking forward to that, just to see what other things that they tie in, how Fury ends. We see Fury in, in the future in MCU stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. So I don't think he's going to die. But what else happens around him? That's the question. I just hope Sonya lives. Chris, you got any predictions? Well, my, my last prediction was really, really wrong, so I don't know. But um, I predict that we will have a less than satisfying ending to this show. I'm all for that. So do you think we're going to see Sharon Carter? I say no. I say she should be here, but I say no. I say there's a 2.5% chance. I say if we see her, it's going to be like a news clipping on the wall or somebody has a picture of her, but not an actual live person doing it. Are we going to get more of Quake? No. Are you talking ever? I mean, in this series, because supposedly there was the homage to her. Now, Chloe Bennett's come out and said, no, she hasn't made contact. She hasn't shot anything or whatever. And I believe her because she, she's been right so far for years and years. But I don't know. There's this whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fandom that like, we need to see Quake. She's going to be in here. I know that people have lied or misled people before about if they're coming back or just not had the information when they said that they weren't coming back. But I, if we get Quake, I don't think it's going to be in this series at all. Colby Smothers, Maria Hill, alive or dead, dead, Michelle? 11.45% chance of being alive. Yes. Alive and on the way to Tahiti. All right. Any other predictions before we close it out here? I still go with my prediction of seeing the real roadie fight the fake roadie. Okay. That was one that I forgot is, are we going to see roadie the real roadie? Will the real roadie please stand up? Please stand up. Chris. I don't know if I can continue the song. I, I would really <laughs> like that to happen. Just because I want to see Don Cheadle punch John Cheadle in the face. That would be amazing. Yeah, right. But I'm going to predict that Fury and Priscilla are going to be fixing up their home, much like a recently retired couple who finally has time to fix all the things that have been bothering them for years. Ooh, that's a good one. Priscilla, alive or dead? I'm saying dead. Alive. Alive. Okay, 20 that's good. 20.5. Four two percent chance of being alive. So, so still under fifty percent. But yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in a few days. Here, 
and I'm looking forward. In the meantime, we do have some news. We know that San Diego Comic-Con is going on right now, but uh, we don't have any news. And really, without the actors and the writers, I've heard that it is Hall H, and specifically, is pretty disappointing. So we might talk about that next week a little, but we're not going to talk about what's happened there in the last few days because we're, talk- we're, feel- we're recording this on Saturday morning right in the middle of San Diego Comic-Con. And usually, there's a couple of news things that have already happened. We're not going to be talking about that, but we are going to be talking about a couple other things. You guys ready to talk some news? Yes. Let's do it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 finally has a premiere date on Disney Plus after its long theatrical window. So, in an article from Deadline.com just a few days ago, you know, let's talk about respecting the theatrical window. Disney has finally set a Disney Plus global premiere mid date for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and that is going to be August 2nd, which is 90 days after the theatrical release on May 5th. Disney got a lot of slack during CEO Bob Chapek's era for executing theatrical day and date releases on Disney Plus during COVID, and the Mouse House continues to make it up to the exhibition. They finally, or they've been following a long theatrical windows before Marvel Pictures hit Disney Plus, going back to 2021 Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Of late, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania had an 89-day theatrical window until it hit Disney Plus on May 17th. Marvel's Black Panther: Wakanda Forever had an 82-day window after its November 11th theatrical release date before hitting Disney Plus on February 1st. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is currently the second highest grossing movie of the year with $842.4 million made worldwide after Universal Illumination Super Mario Bros. movie, which has gotten to $1.34 billion. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is still shy of the $955.7 million that Disney and MCU summer Kickstarter Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness grossed last year, though. I'm so excited to watch this one again. Like, I couldn't make myself go to theaters and see it again, but I'm definitely going to be watching it again when it hits Disney. Yeah, it'd be interesting to finally watch all three of them in a row and see how the story gets in there. I think what we got going on here is we're going to see longer and longer run times because they're going to want to make more and more money in the theaters before they go to streaming. And I think both with Disney and Star Wars and Marvel, as well as the DCEU, I think slowing down production of properties like that, major properties like that, will enable the movies to be out for as long as possible. The production pace that Star Wars and Marvel were having of whole all those properties. I think they're starting to see some superhero fatigue as well as people just are fatigued from going to the movies completely. I know there's a lot of people that really love movies and will eat up anything, but the population as a whole, especially with inflation and employment the way it is, I just think they need to slow things down in order to earn more money. I mean, there's only so much money that you can throw at these places. And on the converse side, 
with the writers and the screen actors strike, what's going to happen here is the producing studios leadership and the stockholders, they're not going to lose any money. They're going to pass that additional cost that is going to go to actors and writers on to the consumer. So we're going to be paying more for movie tickets going in the future. This strike will be good for the working class in the entertainment industry, but we're going to pay for it. So that's my prediction there. Which will shoot them in the foot because if we have no money, nobody's going to see a movie. I mean, when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I was able to go to one of the nice AMCs with the nice comfy seats. I miss those since living in Minnesota. I forgot just how they are. We were hungry because it was a weird time when we ended up going. It was like impromptu. We weren't sure what time it was going to start. And I t- it was me and mom and my cousin. And it was me going because it was my idea, right? And I'm like, oh, get whatever you want. The get whatever you want ended up costing $50 at the concession stand. That is more than I could spend at some sort of other restaurant. I mean, that's Red Lobster money. Well, you can't even go to a fast food restaurant and get the same sort of meal that you used to do for like five, ten dollars. It's fifteen or twenty dollars now. So, and that's just with a fast food drive-through restaurant anymore. Or you go up to the counter, like a Chipotle sort of restaurant, stuff like that. Things have gotten more expensive. Absolutely. Part of our anniversary stuff. I'm going to take Kaylee out for food after we finish recording this, and depending on where we go, that's going to be. 30 40 bucks right there yeah i couldn't imagine dating in <laughs> these days it's like you go out it's 100 150 dollars and god forbid you actually have a bar tab because a lot of people like to drink i have nothing against people that like to drink i would love to drink i can't because i'm allergic to corn and just my body doesn't process it all that great but if you like to drink that's expensive too my son figured that out really quick because uh, he's trying to live the single life in the Twin Cities. Talking about the Twin Cities. He's trying to live the single life in the Twin Cities. He's like, yeah, that's it's expensive. <laughs> and like, yeah, I know. Well, what gets me is I remember being a kid and the release from like from when the movie would come out on like tape would be a year. And then when it started to come out on Blu-ray, it was six months. And so now we're down to three months with streaming. Sometimes I can just wait because Especially since I got my, well, for me, a fire stick. For mom, it's Roku. Once you get something like that, you can sit in your comfy chair, have your cat in your lap, and, you know, watch a good movie. Turn off all the lights, watch a good movie. I can't bring my cat to the movie theater. Well, you can. Just have to smuggle it. Oh, she's not the smuggling type of cat. (laughs) No. (laughs) So that affects the strike too, because there's so much content out there to watch. Like tonight, I'm going to watch Mad Max Fury Road. How long has that been out? A while, but oh my gosh, it's so good. So That's good. what I keep hearing. And I just haven't had a time to watch it. So I have dedicated Saturday night to watching stuff that I haven't watched before. Movies to start out with. 
and we'll see how long that takes. Might be the rest of my life. I don't know. But Mad Max Fury Road is one of them. I watched Arrival last week. And then the previous five weeks, I went through John Wick, the, the series of four movies. So yeah, I'm getting some good stuff in that I've never seen. And I know everybody has stuff that you haven't seen. I mean, Michelle, you talked before about the K-pop dramas and stuff like that. It's just so much content out there. So it's going to work against, unfortunately, the writers and the Screen Actor Guilds because there won't be that pressure against the system. Maybe movies eventually, but we're all going to pay for streaming services to get stuff that we want to watch. You know what? But people thought about that with the pandemic. People have certain tastes when it comes to the general public. When it comes to us, there's a lot of content, but not everyone out there wants to watch everything, you know, Gone Woo's been in or watch all the K-dramas and everything and have a long list. There were people who were like, we want to go back to the movies. We want new stuff. So I, I think there are a big chunk of people that are like, we're going to want new stuff and we're going to want new stuff soon because a lot of shows have been canceled. And people wanted show, you know, new seasons of shows that they like. So I think fans of certain things, when that production starts to stop, it's like, wait a minute, this is uh, this is my show. These are my stories. I'm going to want the continuation of my stories. But it's not the universal demand that you, you saw in the '60s when the last time we had this double strike, like that affected life back then it doesn't affect life as much now i agree there's a certain percentage of the population that it's going to affect but it's not going to affect the strike it's not going to affect the bottom line because what strikes do is affect the bottom line of the companies and it's not and there's movies coming out until like december like dune is supposed to come out so we have movies through 2023 and that won't start to hurt the studios until 2024 unless you're disney well yeah they're hurting anyway but don't worry, they're for sale. <laughs> Apple's gonna yeah, buy. Yeah, this is weird. They they bought chunks of things years ago, and now they're selling off chunks of things. Anyway, we want to talk more about movie stuff. Yeah, let's do that. Well, there is a new official trailer for Marvel Studios: The Marvels. It is an amazing trailer. We learn more about the. I don't know if they're a villain, let's say antagonist. They got a hammer, but you know what else they got? They got the bangles. They got the big bangle, like the big thing from Ms. Marvel. So you might want to watch Ms. Marvel before you go watch the Marvels. You might want to re-watch WandaVision to figure out how Photon got her powers or not. I don't want to assign you homework, but if you really want to know about the bangle, Miss Miss Marvel would be the thing. So we got the bangle. We got them all meeting. They're learning about how Miss Marvel can make things out of light and photons like that should not be possible. And then we get a bunch of flurkin just floating around because there is a picture of a lot of cats and it's like, it's not a cat. Those are flurkins. And then we see one of the flurkins, you know, get, do what they're do and of course miss marvel is just like screaming and that is an appropriate response but the first time you see a flirkin in action and you see them it's just really cute you know miss marvel's just like let me show you my powers and 
everyone's like, no, but then she does. And then she's falling. And then it's adorable. I would suggest watching it. I hope we are in the stage of, we are in solidarity of those who are on strike. So we're, ho- we're trying to find a balance between giving content to our listeners. Hello, listeners. We do love you while respecting those who are on strike. And I hope we get to see the Marvels when it's supposed to be released and we can bring you our reaction to it. I'm definitely going to be grabbing my Bengal cat to watch this with me because then I have the Flurkin and the Bengals covered. Like Everything about this just looks like it's going to be so much fun. I loved the Miss Marvel series. And a lot of why I loved it was just Kamala Khan going and being so enthusiastic about everything and showing off her power like that. I think was the perfect example of, I'm so excited. I get to show my hero what I can do and not thinking about that next step where, oh yeah, I'm going to trade places with somebody. That's probably not a good thing. and. I just love the way this is going to go. I hope. And I mean, that's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen in this movie. I haven't read any of the comics that are giving me any kind of clue. And I love that. Also, I am going to give you homework. Go read the G Willow Wilson run of Miss Marvel. I've been saying for a while that I've been really looking forward to this movie. I still am. The fact that, all three have light enabled powers and how they're going to interact. And the fact that they have to be together. Otherwise they switch places with each other basically is I think how that's going to start. That's going to move on from there. So we've got a lot of fun things coming up with that movie. Um, I am looking for, I think the original Captain Marvel movie is still one of my favorite movies. So out of the MCU. And I know a lot of people don't care for it but i liked episode one of star wars i didn't like empire strikes back i'm kind of an oddball and i'm really enjoying the captain marvel storyline. might not hurt that allegedly we went to the academy at the same time so there you go anyway if you haven't taken a look at the trailer you should take a look at the trailer it's really cute and really setting up the movie in the future michelle what's in our future Well, we're going to fake our way into Finland. A small puppy Cooper update. He's been trying to cuddle with my feet the entire time underneath the desk. So he's needing some affection. Anyway, thank you very much for being with us during this show. We really appreciate it. Why don't you reach out to Agent Lauren, tell her you support her. She's probably very bummed right now that she can't be on the podcast. As a matter of fact, I know she's bummed. We've had a lot of text messages between the four of us this past week. And if you have anything that you want to say about Secret Evasion, the finale, what your predictions are, let us know. We'll talk about them next time and whether you got them right or not. That'll be fun. So let me know what your predictions are. And if you want more content about superheroes or comic book related stuff there's several other shows on the goody geek network including smoking and drinking and capes they continue to befuddle nature and 
cover the heroes series. I don't know why they're still doing that. I would have stopped after the first season, but no, they said they're going to cover the whole thing. So they're handling that. You've got the guys over on Capes of the Couch, which handle comic book characters and their mental health. And you also have Chris on Play Comics, which he's going to talk about in a second. So lots of good stuff happening over on the Good Geek Network. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for sticking with us all of this time. And of course, interacting with us on Twitter and Discord. Yes, all of you are a treasure to find. And the fact that you found us and continue to listen to us is just something that greatly warms our heart. And as SP said, if you want to hear more about video games and how they relate to their comic book source material, you can check out Play Comics, which unfortunately has not had episodes the past few weeks come out due to uh, thunderstorms, which is very fun and messing with all of my editing time. But there is an episode looking at the Smurfs that is like 98% done that will be finished today or I will cry. Don't make Chris cry. Please don't. It's, it's ugly. You know what I mean? It's really bad. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. Don't cry, Chris. Don't cry. I'd hug you if I could. All right. It's it's okay to cry. We just don't want to make Chris cry. Yeah, I don't want to about this. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. It's SP. I'm here. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I don't understand the rest of that song. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day to be a neighbor or something. Oh, to be a neighbor, would you be mine? Could you be mine, guy? Yeah. Okay. I All I remember is, would you be mine? Could you be mine? And I, I didn't remember it was referring to being a neighbor for a brief second. And yeah. I was like, um, I don't know if I want to say that. like okay Ah, Cooper is under the desk so hopefully he doesn't decide to get up in the middle of everything oh is it thundering no not at all beautiful day but I did leave him outside for a little while I think he's mad at me oh like dude if you go to the back door and act like you're going to go out, then I'm going to let you out. And I might not be able to let you back in for a little while. So deal with it, dog. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't run my life, mostly.
Did I tell you guys, I, I might not have, did I tell you guys that I broke my foot? No. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you. Yeah. So I have no idea how specifically it happened, but Friday night, a week ago, I went to bed Saturday morning. I woke up and my foot was on fire. I thought to myself, did I get bit? You know, it was spider bite. Is there a snake in my bed? That sort of thing. No. And I just thought that I had twerked, tweaked it or twerked it the wrong way when I was walking Cooper, when I was on the elliptical or something like that. So I just let it sit. Monday morning came around and it was actually like the inflammation. I was icing it and stuff and the inflammation, I got worse. And then at dinner Sunday night, my, bro- my son-in-law said, oh, well, no, looks like it could be the gout to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It could be. So he freaked me out enough that I texted my boss and I said, look, my foot is just in pain. I got to go see the doctor. I didn't tell him it could have been gout. I mean, people get gout. It's, it would be a little embarrassing for me to get gout because like I'm as active as I am and stuff like that. But I mean, it happens. So, okay. Anyway, I went in and I told the doctor, I, I got an appointment Monday morning I told the doctor. I didn't do anything. I didn't tweak it. Nothing fell on it. I didn't hurt it. I, you know, I didn't do anything, but I woke up Saturday in pain and I'm worried that it could be gout. And she said, well, let's take a look at it. Where is the pain? Whatever. And just so happens the attending. So I go to a, I want to change, but I haven't yet. I go to a learning practice where there's a bunch of residents and then there's attending there. The attending happened to be a sports medicine expert. So the attending came in like, nope, you're presenting exactly like a stress fracture. I was like, okay, I still know how he did it, but okay. And like, let's get an x-ray. So I went to get an x-ray there. It was negative for everything, including, so stress fracture, you can't see on an x-ray. A lot of the times you have to have a full blown MRI to see a stress fracture. And they said, well, if it's still bothering you in four weeks, we'll go ahead and have an MRI, but it doesn't look like you need surgery or anything. So we're just going to keep you on a boot and you're, you're not supposed to do any sort of exercising, no elliptical, no walking the dog or anything. So at least I get out of walking the dog for a month. How do you Cooper? Everybody else is stepping in for once. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like they should have been all along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you broke me having to do this. And even the stress fracture is a little bit embarrassing because it's like, I'm not doing anything like tremendous that should it have it happened. So I ended up, uh, what I think happened is I used the elliptical for the last couple of weeks without shoes because my elliptical oh. pads have gel coat on it. And I was like, I just don't want to go upstairs and get my shoes. So I'm already down here working out, doing my physical therapy so I'll just get on the elliptical and do it. So I think that's what happened because my foot wasn't as supported as it usually is. Pretty sure. Okay. Sorry about that. Good grief. Yeah, it's, it's painful right now. I got uh, another half an hour before I get my next dose of me- medicine, but I've been trying to wean myself off as much as possible, but it's still painful as heck. So yeah, I'm dealing with that. And then I'm dealing <laughs> I mean, I'm just breaking all over the place. So because of my lifting, I also have a wrist injury again. So, oh, <laughs> so I'm at work. 
I have to do this major presentation in front of all of the leadership for my organization. You know, I have 5,000 people in my place and I've got the leadership of it. In And so Friday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, I am giving this presentation and I have to apologize. Look, if I shift, if I have to move during this, I'm sorry, but it, it's just really painful. And it is, I, I started off by saying my boss couldn't be here. My boss's boss couldn't be here. And the guy who's running this project couldn't be here for various different reasons. Like they all had, well, my boss is in Ireland. My boss's boss had a mandatory appointment he had to go to. And my, the, the worker who worked for me, who this project is, was actually in Florida on a sub a major subset of the project something that he's also in charge of so i said yeah i got pulled off an injured reserve for this and (laughs) they were all looking at me like oh (laughs) i don't know if if the meeting went phenomenally i mean i knocked it out of the park i hit a grand slam home run and i don't know if they were just being nice to me because i was hurt or because i did a good job (laughs) hey take the win i am i'm taking the win I'm going to go with it. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.